for the first time, we're recording in separate places. Yes, I know. A long way away. You're in New York. I'm in New York. Uh, I'm and- not. I'm not. I'm, in, I'm at home. I'm in England. You're on holiday. Well, I'm not at home. I'm on holiday. Yeah, exactly. I took, I took the US Open off this year, so I, I've, I've got I, a couple of weeks break. And I feel really bad because we were getting set up to do this and I didn't realise that you cut your dinner short to, to do the pod. Well, it wasn't really a dinner. We, <laughs> we tried the local pub and <laughs> they we were, we're on holiday down in the south of England, kind of in the countryside. And we tried the local pub and whilst doing some, you know, very nice drinks, they only served a steak cornish pasty or a cheese and potato pie uh, and and neither were great <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> it sounds like you had both <laughs> well we got one each and uh, we were both disappointed <laughs> we both thought that the other person had a better version <laughs> a better dinner but it didn't work out that way now are you having these holidays in back home because you now have a dog and you can't go abroad or is this a regular holiday place um, it's not, we've never been down here before. No, we have always kind of holidayed close to home. I did so much traveling as a player that I've just, I'm just a bit over flights and unnecessary delays and, and that sort of thing. So if we have gone abroad, we haven't gone far. Like I mean, our holidays over the past seven or eight years have been Ireland, Scotland, Bath, now in the south of England, Norfolk. Uh, we have gone to Norway and France, but we don't really venture too far just because I'm just you're kind of over traveling unnecessarily. I, I forget about that. When I get on a plane these days, it's quite exciting because I don't go on them that often. Well, really ever, but really anymore since children. But for you, it's all about trains, but I'm planes, but I'm thinking about Ben. What if he wants to go on a plane for <laughs> 24 hours? <laughs> I know he does. He really wants to go to India uh, and explore India, which I think is fair enough. I mean, have you ever played place. tennis in India? Well, yeah, I've, I honestly have been there about six or seven times. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I really like India. I've always enjoyed it. I lo- I've loved going back there. But in terms of doing kind of a big holiday, there are other places on my list before then. Uh, before going back to India um so I I do feel kind of bad but um but yeah so the reason we kind we got the dog the reason we got Sven is because we do a lot of kind of walking holidays close to home-ish that he can kind of tag along on so it kind of makes sense um so it's not really a change from what we normally do but uh but yeah having the dog is he kind of fits in pretty well well we'd be doing it anyway but I do feel yeah we, we need to do a big holiday at some point, go away somewhere, but yeah, not India. Well, you I've, never I've know it too might, much. If, if, if you let Ben plan your honeymoon, he might surprise you with India. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we were talking about that, actually. <laughs> it is an option. Um, but I've, uh, yeah, I'm allowing it to be considered. Um, but then, do you know what? There are loads of places in India that I've not been to. So I've not been to Goa, which I know is a fantastic place. You know, I've, I've been to kind of all of the cities and some smaller towns as well. Um, and played tournaments all over India, but I've not been to kind of the touristy bits. I've not been to any beaches or any of the, the, I suppose, the bits that you would go on on holiday. So it's not that, it, you know, I don't want to go. It's just that there, I, there are just lots of places that I really want to go to that are on the list, I think, above there. So India's kind of getting bumped down. But but uh, but Ben, as far as ben, ben is concerned, it's definitely up for consideration but I kind of know how that consideration is going to end. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where we're at with it. So you've, so you've got a couple of weeks off from tennis 
and I'm completely immersed. I'm sort of doing tennis for the both of us for the next couple of weeks. I know. But how's it going out there? How, you've, you've been out there, what, a day? 24 hours so far? Twenty. Yep, yep. Actually, exactly 24 hours. I arrived on, well, 24 hours ago. And it was, it's, it's always a bit of a shock when you come back into Manhattan because uh, it's so crazy. It just sort of hits you over the head like a sledgehammer, how mad it is. And we're based at the hotel next to Grand Central Station, which is almost oh, as nice. busy as Grand Central Station. You walk in and there are people everywhere. There are thousands of rooms and, and you've, you sort of come off a plane and you're sort of swaying a little bit and you think, okay, we're back. And it, I, I don't know if you found that when you either came on holiday or to play, but there was something about, and obviously there's the buzz because of the tennis. There's also a, a tennis teachers hey you could have come to this there's a tennis teachers conference taking place in the hotel I think you could have crept into that a little bit couldn't you I've heard of it I've heard about it and I've I've been seeing some posts and stuff on social media I hear it's been going very well but that's in your hotel you should sneak in no I will I'm not sure I'm not sure I'd be allowed um, I think you have to have a sort of yeah. special pass to get in, and then Just the say doors open. It's fine. No, but there's <laughs> not someone's... that anyone knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> say hello, everybody. I'm Naomi Cavaday, and they'll be like, "Okay." Uh, there is yeah, it wouldn't get you can... very far at all. I've seen the lift doors open on that floor, and there's someone very official with a clipboard. And as soon as you step out of the lift, she's there with the clipboard. So I think I think it's quite tough to gain entry into it. But there's a lot of people, and there's also the tennis fans who come here for these two weeks. There's a few players and coaches in this hotel as well. So it's just it's just a, a little bit crazy. And then there was a dinner with a few people. And then today, I went to Flushing Meadows. I mean, I thought I've got to go there and, and have a look around and see what's what. And it's quite nice because it's the it's the day before it starts. So people are practicing. It's quite relaxed. There are fans milling around the practice courts, seeing. And, and it's just, it's very relaxed in terms of the players are everywhere from from Monday when it starts because we're speaking to each other Sunday evening I think it becomes there's just people everywhere but on the Sunday the players sort of roam around the main body of Flushing Meadows and they're carrying out interviews and there's some media to be done and so it's it was very and we're gonna have a heat wave the the temperature is going to be into the 90s for the next three days oh wow yeah, really? I'm, I'm what, not, what for? Yeah. How, for how long? A few days? Um, I think I, I think for two or three days we're going to be in the nineties. Although uh, we've talked about commentary boxes are the polar opposite. So I'm, I've still packed in my bag today. I still took two jumpers and a scarf because it's absolutely it, inside. It's beautifully air conditioned and it's freezing outside it's getting hot so I think we might get a little bit of rain at the end of the week but it, it's just I did go um I went to find the woman with the cars you know the woman that tells the oh yeah David Ferrer by, by the garden <laughs> yes <laughs> um but but they've moved her <laughs> maybe we know the reason we they moved her but no they've they've expanded the players area now we can still gain access to it but they've made it a bit bigger uh, a little bit more relaxing because it was actually getting quite small for the amount of players that went there. And you did loads of media interviews and there was the woman on the end who just sort of yelled out over and over again because people quite frankly ignored her that their car was here and ready. But they've moved where the players get picked up and dropped off. So I'm roaming around with my rucksack and microphone ready to record her and she wasn't there. And people sort of, one person came up to me and said, are you looking for someone? And I was like, no, no, I'm fine, just wondering. She's not there, she's moved. Do you think they've up Date or upgraded to a more modern system where you know when if you go to those restaurants and you get those little vibrating uh plastic things 
<laughs> you know, know what restaurants it, you're going it, to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it buzzes, it buzzes and it flashes when you've uh, wow. when your order is ready. <laughs> when your pasty is ready for collection. I'm, exactly. I am trying to help the tournament. Um, but <laughs> You should suggest this. They'll think you, you're you're such a you know you've got such original ideas. But you know that the, what, the thing would that you like to give flashes... the players vibrators as they wait for their cars? <laughs> They're going to think I'm a yes. crazy person. <laughs> yes, well, exactly. Then it saves somebody shouting. No, because what if there's four players around a table and they all put their flashing vibrator on the table and and one and they don't know which one it is and one starts vibrating and flashing. Then you're just going to have all kinds of chaos. And then she's going to end up yelling the player's name because they'll either won't go or they'll all go. So I I think... Well, that's their own fault. If you miss your order, you miss your order, no? I I think the method works. It's just... just, Yeah, it's just quite funny in those first few days when there are so many people. But she's kind of been moved a little bit to the side. So it's not... You can sort of relax and do your interviews and you don't quite hear her yelling out... Uh, but I, I mentioned it to someone today. They went, oh, isn't that brilliant? And, and this woman, this American lady said to me, they're not very good at the names here. She said there was this instant and I thought she was going to tell me a really complicated name that's quite difficult. And she said they, they really struggled. They were going, can um, Mr. Uh, Marais come to the, the desk? Mr. Marais. And it was Andy Murray. And I, I was waiting oh, no. for like I was waiting for a really complicated name, but she was like they couldn't say Marais. They were going Marais. Where is Marais? <laughs> and they couldn't understand why <laughs> didn't turn up. And no journalist came up to speak to Murray because he didn't know who they were asking for. <laughs> so you you do because in in the in the press room, the media centre, when a, a player has come to press conference or they've got little um, they've got little press desks. So it might be a player. Diego Schwartzman today doesn't need the whole press conference room. There was just one guy that wanted to speak to him. So they have these little booths that are sort of sealed off with petitions and there's a table and some chairs and you just sit there. So an announcement will go over the loudspeaker. Uh, Diego Schwartzman is at the interview desk now. So if you're ready for Diego, off you go and you sit down with him. And and yeah, some, sometimes when the names are read out, you're thinking that that cannot be the player that I <laughs> I either think it is or that I need to speak to. So and, and again, especially in those first few days when you've got qualifiers, so maybe names that people aren't used to seeing of people coming through. I, I'm not based in the press conference room. I'll be up in the commentary boxes but it, it can be it can be quite an interesting place so no it was a little bit disappointing she wasn't there but um lots of changes including the louis armstrong court well I, this is why i was desperate to ask the roof it's yeah ha- it, it has a roof is that right it's, yeah it has a roof I hear it it's, has a roof i've not been there i don't know it's <laughs> it's great it has a roof that's where they conducted media day they changed it up a little bit so the players were Sort of in the middle of Louis ah, Armstrong. They court. want to show it off, though, right? And people, I, I think that's what people sort of concluded. But what I've heard, and and we're yet to have matches played on there, but it's quite noisy, even without the roof on. The players are reporting that it's quite noisy in terms of the echo, because it's it's kind of a bit boxier. There's a, there's you know there's a bit of a roof without the roof being closed. If you know, which yeah. happens to all courts when they end up covering them with electric roofs. But how distracting honest. is it as a player? I mean, the two things that have been fed back are by not by everyone, but by some. Is it, it's a little bit noisy, and then you add when it's full of people, and also that they've put the concessions row level on the eye level of the players, so they're saying you know and they're looking up to serve or when they're they're really distracted so how how distracting is that that the noise of playing on a court if it's noisy and again if you can see people wandering around for me I mean the noise you, you tend to get used to after a while it can be really off-putting at first 
But uh, when it's very echoey, I think everybody's played in echoey tennis halls. I think growing up and playing, you know, some of the smaller events, a lot of tennis buildings in my mind aren't really buildings <laughs> more, more you know you kind of have tin like corrugated iron walls and things you know that's not really a wall you're calling it a wall but I'm not convinced it's a wall <laughs> it's it's just a piece of material um, and so we've all played in I think tennis centers uh, like that that I think push the boundaries of what a building actually is so it's especially a permanent building. Um, so I think, and, and that's where you get the real echo uh, and, the, and the, the noise around. So I think players will probably be okay with that. The moving around, if it's behind the server or behind your opponent is, is really quite difficult. It's quite frustrating, to be honest. I think that that will be something that, that they, if that is the case, then I think we will see a fair amount of players kind of waiting and complaining and trying to get people to sit down and yeah, but I don't think, not. I don't think they can wait because it's the concession level where people go and get the food. So I mean, if if they're going to wait for people to oh. stop eating, we're not going to get a lot of tennis played. Yeah, no, absolutely. And food, food is an important thing here. I, I have to say, I did have a little look at all the stands. You can get, you can be ridiculously healthy, like really super healthy, and you can be phenomenally unhealthy within sort of three steps of each other i mean it, it's That's it's so amazing. typical though so <laughs> typical of of of, of well, i mean for me of anything in the states i feel like it's one extreme or the other um but but definitely uh, at the u.s open it, it pretty much is like that it's kind of you know a salad or a burger there's no, there's no kind of mid-range and, and they're just and they're just next to it. You know something? I was on the um, on the plane out here. Nothing to do with my plane food, which was well, it wasn't great, but it's, it's plane food. Average. I was. I yes, I would say, I would say below average, quite possibly. Okay. I think. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I dealt with it. Um, it's, that I was. Um, you watch a couple of movies. You sit down, and because I've got children now, I, I don't really watch movies. So I get and now I get quite excited. And you sit down and think, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch like a whole movie or a box set of something. And then, so I w I'd watched a movie or two and then something kind of inane. And then I looked at the sports section. I said, I'll see what, I watched a bit of football. I saw they had some tennis. I was like, oh, I'll watch a bit of tennis. And they had Wimbledon highlights. And I thought, oh, that's cool. They got highlights from Wimbledon this year. So I'll have a look. And it was just the men's final. So Novak Djokovic came and Kevin Anderson. Do you ever get that thing? And I can't blame jet lag. I can't blame anything. Maybe I can blame hunger. But I just, when you're sitting there and, and they're just the highlights and there's a guy saying, so it got to a point where Novak Djokovic had set point. And I watched the match. I know the score line. And I was thinking, oh, do you think he'll get it? Is he going to get it? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, hang on, I know he gets it. And I, I spent the whole of these highlights going, maybe Kevin Anderson can turn it around. Maybe it'll change. Have you ever done that <laughs> when you watch either highlights or maybe a program you've seen before and, and you know what happens? And I just sat there thinking, maybe Kevin Anderson won't double fault here. Oh, he did. And because I knew exactly what happened in the match. So that was, that's kind of a weird uh, moment. But I, I was reliving the final again as if I'd never seen it <laughs> for some reason. I I genuinely do that all the time. I think that is a brilliant <laughs> thing to do. See, yeah, I, I, can, I can watch things over and over again and I still get the same emotions and the same, you know, just the, I, I mean, the amount of times I've watched, you know, the match points of Andy Murray at Wimbledon, you know, for his first Wimbledon and I'm just thinking, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? It's like my 11th time of watching it. We are years on. He's won it another time since then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm going, 77 years. I <laughs> 
<laughs> please, please get over the line. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I know what happened. I guess, I mean, you knew what happened, right? You didn't forget who won. No, no, I did I forget who won. No, I knew who won. And, and I knew the scoreline. I knew and the scoreline of each set. So when it was coming up to set point in the first set, and I, I knew he converted it, I was thinking, maybe Anderson will... No, maybe he'll, he'll hold here and he'll break it. And no, I knew exactly what happened. It was, it was kind of weird. I was really enjoying myself with a match that I knew what happened and wasn't, to be honest, that exciting in the first place because of that semi-final when, when poor old Kevin Anderson against John Isner was, I mean, over six hours. So we, mm. we, kind, of, we kind of knew what the, um, what the final was going to be. But it was, it was weird. I was just sort of, yeah, enjoying myself on, on the flight over. <laughs> something I, I can't believe I've it's taken me this long and I've, I've forgotten to say this but I guess who I saw today when I was at Flushing Meadows I mean that it's kind of a I don't think you'll get it but <laughs> I mean there's a few um Andy Murray no Simona Halep no is it a tennis player loosely loosely okay this is a really rubbish game of guess who um <laughs> what was a tennis player was a tennis player. Andy Roddick. Oh, my favourite Andy Roddick. Now a coach? Lindsay Davenport. Knows you quite well? Oh. Uh, <laughs> that really does narrow it down, to be fair. <laughs> um, was a player, now a coach. If you, Well, you can see me now. If you were actually look at me now, you'd see that sort of my jaw is open and it's sort of hitting the table. I can't believe you haven't got it. Used to be a tennis player, now a coach. Knows you very well. Um. Okay, wait, hang on. Can I ask you more questions or not? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, are they British or, Amer- or American? Yes. British? Yes. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm still stuck. <laughs> Any, you said questions. Do you have another question? <laughs> well, my first one that came to my mind was my brother. Is he out there yet? I don't know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Did you see him? Did you speak to him? No, because the, cause I don't know your brother. As I, I know who he is. Right. And, and I talked. We talk about your brother and when he was coaching Aliash Bedne, etc. But I, but I ended up, I sat down with a friend. There's a little outside the media centre. There's a little set of tables. And today there was Petra Kvitova doing a little round table, some Czech journalists. And the Henri Leconte was doing something. Mats Verlander was there. So it's a little bit of everything that goes on there. And opposite, there's a little garden where... I think Kyle Edmund was doing some interviews, but I, I sat down and I turned around and you know, when you, because you've heard a lot about someone, you think you know them. <laughs> so I sort of turn, I turn around and for a split second, I, I, I think my face did the kind of, no, doesn't know me. And then I kind of pulled back and for, he must've thought seriously crazy woman, maybe sort of smiling at me, maybe not. Um, but yes, it was brother. I don't know who he was talking to. He was deep. He was in tennis kit. He was deep in discussion. Um, and they had a little chat, but I didn't know. I didn't say hi because I didn't want to say, "Oh, hi, I'm Naomi's friend of the podcast." Because he'd be like, "What podcast?" And I thought, <laughs> so he left it. I'm sure he's been listening. We do. Would you think he has? I don't know. I'll have to send him a message. I'll send him a message and uh, and get him to to say hi. Uh, we're we're going to get him on the podcast, though, isn't he? He's going to be yes, yeah, a guest on we'll do a coaching special guest on the on the podcast. And and I was thinking, what's the age difference between you and your brother? Three years. He's three years older than me. So do you have, not joint memories, but were you ever qualifying for the US Open at the same time? No, no. no? Um, so he came, he was acting as my coach 
during qualifying one year. I can't remember how I did that year. I think I did all right, actually. I made the last round of qualifying. Um, so I won a couple of matches and I picked up an injury actually in the second match. I pulled my groin muscle and I managed to get through the match. And then in my third round match, I was kind of, um, I was playing pretty well, but I was kind of hobbling out wide on, on my forehand side. And then after about a set, uh, the girl I was playing um, figured that out. <laughs> I was kind of stuffed. I have good memories of New of New York and of, of US Open, but Nick was with me for one event, one US Open. He has got through qualifying though as a coach when he was coaching James McGee. And James McGee, who was the Irish number one at the time, he qualified and reached the main draw. So he's had good success. But uh, uh, yeah, I didn't do that much traveling uh, with my brother because the way the years worked out, he was busy with his own stuff and I was doing it then. So um, yeah, it's a shame we weren't further apart. What were you like as a coaching team? Because I know that uh, I get on with my brother, I'm really, really close to my brother. But if I had my brother saying, I don't not that it was, but that was rubbish, or you could have done this better, <laughs> as much as I would have known, especially in your case that, you know, he, he does know what he's talking about. I'm not sure how well I would have taken it. Yeah, I, it, it's always difficult when it's family members. I think you've kind of got to figure out the the dynamics, I guess. But yeah, for Nick, we've always worked quite well. We just didn't work that much together because he was pursuing his own stuff. He was still playing. He was just out of college and uh, and doing those bits and pieces whilst I was playing. And then by the time I stopped was really when he was kind of getting going with coaching. So, I mean, oh, I mean, if I could have had him as he is now coaching me back then, it would have been incredible. But we were just, you know, we were only a few years apart. So when we were both young, we were kind of both, you know, figuring out our own stuff, I guess. But yeah, no, it was really nice. We, we spent, uh, there, there's a warm up tournament before New York, before the US Open for the qualifying players. It was a challenger in, in the Bronx. So they thought they would go and toughen us up before <laughs> before letting us have the luxuries of uh, of uh, flushing meadows but yeah we played the, the fifty thousand dollar event in the bronx it was one of the strongest ones of the year and uh, nick came with me there as well but i have spoken to nick i spoke to him the other day and he was talking to me about the horror that is the coach journey to and from manhattan oh the coach journey which you must have been on a couple of times today you never do it more than hey, twice no. in a day that's just awful <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you if you get there and because it's from from the center of Manhattan, you're talking about uh, on a, a best day, thirty five. So today was fine. It's Sunday. So today, my producer who I sat next to said, "Oh, this is because I was like, oh no, the bus journeys begin." And she said, "Oh, but it's it's really nice." I said, "But it's Sunday. This is lulling us into a false sense of security. Monday morning rush hour. You have to be there early because we're doing this on Sunday evening. We've got lots of Brits in action on Monday." gonna have to get oh, I mean those buses did you ever get lost on a bus yes completely lost <laughs> completely lost we ended up at the docks after about an hour which is way away from where we should have been uh the guy was convincing you where he was going the coaches on the coach had to step in um it took about two hours in the end to get there and the thing is two hours yeah it took about two hours but also remember there are night sessions at US Open I once finished at about midnight-ish and you have to get that bus back like late. You just want to kind of walk to your hotel and be there really quickly. Um, and it takes ages and you have to go so early. You can never be late. So, I mean, you have to get two buses before the one that you think will get you there on time to make sure that you're on time. Does that does that make any sense? I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think with these buses that and, and my sort of jet lag state, that makes perfect sense. My, well, I think the, the most panicked I've been about a 
bus because if you miss the bus, I, I don't really know what happens if you miss a bus. Maybe you have to get a taxi or something, I'm not sure. But was when I was doing the night session and at the end of the match, a lot of people, they finish the match, they jump on a bus, they go. But we have a few things to do other radio stations that need bits and pieces, press conferences, etc. And you're way up in the Arthur Ashe Stadium, the, the main, the centre court at Flushing Meadows. The lift takes forever and it stops at all the different levels, you know, fans and corporate, everything's going on. And you're looking and the bus leaves in five minutes and you've got to run. You've got to run to get that bus or you're going to miss it. And there was one, it was after Federal Monfils, it was around 2.30 in the morning and it was the final bus going back to the point where there were people standing in the aisle of the coach the whole way back. And that was, so there's always, there's, there's always a little bit of stress when you're at Flushing Meadows. You're either thinking, oh no, I've got to get that coach in the morning as you run to get it, or it's it's the one coming. But it, it's the price you pay because you can, people must be thinking, well, can't you stay close? You can stay in Queens and a lot of people do, but the payoff for the, the bus journeys is that you're based in Manhattan. Yeah, which makes it easier for dinner and bits and bobs around the place kind of in the in the middle of it aren't you right right in Manhattan which is I suppose what people want to do nice hotels as well uh for the players and they've got um did you ever go there's a there's a pharmacy here called CVS mm-hmm. CVS and it's open 24 hours a day and you don't need anything but you might come back at two o'clock and you sort of wait and I just you go to CVS and you start buying stuff yeah. you don't really need it well the thing just is, is it, buying but do you find uh when you're commentating on a late a, a super late night match and we, you know, we've we've talked in other podcasts about being tired and and that sort of thing but what about I mean you can't just finish a really exciting match especially like a five set thriller and then just go to sleep like um, how, how do you wind down do you kind of wander around CVS <laughs> to, to wind down <laughs> uh, well normally I just take the bus back from Flushing Meadows <laughs> and by the end of the bus journey but no sometimes you get back and, and there are people that I work with and we can get back at one or two o'clock and they go for a full meal they go for a proper proper heavy it's New York two three course you can, right? meal and maybe a glass of wine I yeah I tend to go to CVS uh, just by sounds weird I'm just walking around a big pharmacy but it sells it's 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 like boots. It's got everything. Yeah. You know, it sells makeup and bits and pieces. and uh. So, yeah, because you do find you sort of come back and you've got not only have you you had maybe you've had a really good match, but you, you get off the bus and you've got. So in, in Melbourne, at the start of Australia Open, we can walk 20 minutes and uh, late at night, it's a quiet walk. It's very still. By the time you get home, you might um, sit in bed and read or do something, but you get off the bus here and it's mental and it's two o'clock in the morning and there's police sirens. There's one that's just gone past my window now. And it's as busy as if it was eight o'clock in the evening. So sometimes you kind of think, oh, I'll just quickly go out or I'll do this. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's amazing for the two weeks. And I know I imagine you guys as players love being here because it's so very different and it's that buzz and there's lots of parties and openings and events to go to and lots of the sponsors have big events but I think when you leave you're kind of like you know it's been great but it's a it's a bit mad it's exhausting that's the, that's the thing about New York. It, it's very very tiring. I mean, you can at any time at any time in the night, you you know, you look outside your window, whatever floor of the hotel you're on, um, you know, you can hear cars beeping and and you know stuff going on. It it just doesn't stop. So it's good for a couple of weeks, and then it's uh it, it can be it can be quite tiring. And and when I was playing, I think I played 
one year I ended up being there for ages because I did the qualifying event. Uh, this is when I was young. I think I was just 17, played the qualifying event, but then I stayed to play the junior event as well, which is obviously the end of the tournament. So that's like two and a half weeks plus practice. You're talking three weeks plus really. And uh, I think I'd played New Haven as well uh, before that, which is not far away. I don't think I stayed in, I think I was in New York first, then I went to New Haven for a bit, then I came back. But it was just, it was just a long time to be kind of in Manhattan. It's quite, uh, it's definitely quite tiring. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm only, I'm only on my second evening and the tennis hasn't even started yet. I mean, imagine what it's going to be like when the tennis starts, you've got the day sessions, you've got the night sessions you're on those buses. You're. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to report back next week in the podcast about that. There will be some stories from the bus journeys. There will. Be, last year, one of the coaches took the front of a car as it went round a corner. <gasps> Everyone jumped off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite serious. And everybody. That's better than me ending up at the docks. <laughs> well, it turned out it was a, an off-duty police car. Oh. That the, the, yeah. I mean, so that everyone jumped off. No, everyone jumped off what, and the bus, ran away. Including the driver and ran away, <laughs> including the driver. <laughs> no one was driving. This we just wanted to get to the tennis. We had to be there. The driver just thought, "Okay, bye." So it's uh, no, the, all sorts happen. There's going to be many more, but I'm going to have to go soon though because it's um, got to go out. Uh, I don't have to go out. I'm going out. Just it's a sort of the night before all the night. This is probably the last evening when I will not be working in the evening until the tournament finishes we do we should say before we go that we love people we love the questions that we're getting from people and you can get in touch with us on twitter at tennis podcast and uh, we've got our instagram account that we'll find some bits and pieces to pop up there next time we speak there'll be maybe there'll be a lot more tennis in tennis because we'll have had a, a week of the tennis Mm. So I'm looking forward to bringing you some of that. And I'm looking forward to hearing about your holiday and any, any more pies you've been trying. Yeah. I'm going to leave you now, though, because it's, uh, it's coming up to six o'clock in New York. So I have to make the most of my, my final night before the action kicks in. And you need to get back to the holiday because Ben and Sven will be feeling very neglected. They will. They will be, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, we you know we walked we walked far today. We did a good good um I don't know, we must have walked about ten miles or something. Like really did walk far in the rain. But it's your one evening, so have you got you must have dinner yeah, plans, so stop, right? So so stop talking to me. Otherwise I won't have dinner otherwise I won't have dinner plans. <laughs> yes, um dinner plans with some some tennis friends again it's the the perfect time to see them because trying to coordinate who's working the evening who's not who's going to finish early because if i'm working late a good friend of mine has to start very early every day so it becomes it becomes a complete mess but we've managed sunday night being in the city that's it's wide awake all day every day we're going to have a nice pre-tournament meal uh, you enjoy your pasties and um, <laughs> i look forward to speaking to you again soon and thank you, everybody, for listening. I figured I just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I said, I like it. I said, it's lovely to speak to you. Not going to say anything. <laughs>